0: seasonal and local supply of flowers and foliage this show is brought to you by slowflowers.com the free online directory to more than 880 florists shops and studios who design with local seasonal and sustainable flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms it's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers and thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021 farm Girl flowers FarmGrow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown, fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at FarmGrowFlowers.com. Thanks also to Red Twig Farms, based in Johnstown, Ohio. Red Twig is a family-owned farm specializing in peonies, daffodils, tulips, and branches, a popular peony bouquet by mail program, and their Spread the Hope campaign where customers purchase 10 tulip stems for essential workers and others in their community. Learn more at redtwigfarms.com. In celebration of our Slow Flowers podcast's 8th anniversary, we launched our new live stream video format, calling it The Slow Flowers Show, with the goal of sharing the faces and voices of our members, as well as tours of their farms Their shops and their studios, and most of all, their flowers. You can watch the video design demo of today's guest in our show notes for episode 525 at deboraprinzing.com. I'll tell you a little bit more now. You may have met today's guest as the owner and design director of Florescence, an event floral design studio focused mainly on weddings, and over the years, thousands of weddings. In 2020, Anne Bradfield followed her dream to become a full-service floral studio, providing deliveries for daily floral needs, subscriptions, as well as wedding and event florals. In the spring of 2021, Anne officially made the leap and rebranded as Analog Floral. Analog Floral is home to artfully irregular floral design committed to sustainability, environmentally friendly practices, and connecting people through the joy of flowers. Anne is one of the very first florists I met on the sales floor of the brand new Seattle wholesale growers market back in 2011, and she has been a huge supporter and member of the Slow Flowers movement, committed to sourcing flowers from local flower farms whenever possible. But there's something useful to learn when an established wedding florist flips the script, rebrands, and dramatically changes business as usual. And after Anne rebranded earlier this year, leaving fluorescence behind and reemerging as Analog Floral, Well, I've been wanting to talk with her about the why, what, and how she achieved this shift. I visited Anne recently in her Seattle studio, located in a warehouse district next to the train tracks. You might hear some train noise in the background. And I filmed her designing an arrangement using a bucket of blooms I brought from my garden. You can watch Anne's design demonstration in our show notes video today for episode 525, found at DebraPrinzing.com. Let's jump right in and hear my conversation with Anne. and immediately following I'll share a bonus conversation with Lisa Ziegler of the Gardeners Workshop, a Slow Flower sponsor. I spoke with Lisa recently about her upcoming course, Flower Farming School Online. Registration opens on October 1st, so you'll want to stay with me to hear an update from Lisa. Let's jump right in and get started and meet Anne Bradfield. Hey, this is part two of our interview with Ann Bradfield of Analog Floral. Hi, Ann, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We just saw a fabulous video of you designing in your studio, um, which I was there in person watching you. Uh, you made my flowers for my garden look really good. So thank you for sharing that.
1: <laughs> thank you for sharing your flowers.
0: Yeah, well, so we wanted to just continue the conversation and uh, talk a little bit about this big topic that I've been so fascinated in, um, because I don't think you're alone in terms of, you know, deciding after a number of years, how to maybe reintroduce your business to the marketplace. And um, I remember you first mentioned this to me when we ran into each other, I think, in early 2020. But maybe you can talk a little bit about What is analog floral in terms of all the facets and um, give us a snapshot of the business then we can back up and talk about what led to led you to making this decision.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, thank you for asking. Um, So analog floral as it is right now um, is primarily a retail florist studio, which I guess is a little bit of a paradox. I don't have a retail storefront as far as like people don't walk in and buy flowers, but Um, I do daily deliveries and everyday arrangements, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, flower crowns, all that, as well as micro weddings um, and elopements that can be picked up at the studio. But the difference between analog and fluorescence, the biggest one is I'm shifting away from focusing primarily on events, whereas Mm -hmm. fluorescence was like, you know, 90 percent weddings. So that's that's the big shift as far as like what I'm making with analog.
0: Wow. Yeah. So analog is really, it's a, it's a retail except for the walk-in business. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your walk-in customers find you online, right? Yeah,
1: they do. And maybe ultimately there will be a walk-in component, but I decided to kind of rebrand in phases. And right now I'm still in the getting to hide in my studio phase and not have to deal with, um, all the joys and surprises of walk-in customers.
0: Well, Anne, when did you actually flip the switch on this and actually turn off fluorescence and start Analog? It
1: was spring of 2021. So about six months ago, I'd say, five months Mm -hmm. ago. I should know the exact date, but that's the the rough timeline.
0: We'll go back to your uh, Instagram feed and see when the first post was for Analog. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I guess what, I'm, what I was leading up to in asking that question is that it's not like you went 100% to zero with your customer base, right? I mean, you had, you had customers who would occasionally ask you for um, everyday yeah. arrangements. Is that correct?
1: That's true. And I did, I've had, for example, this one woman for the last like five years, who's had a weekly arrangement that I think being able to dig into those weekly arrangements for people who were really appreciating what I wanted to do versus like what the wedding work was is part of the inspiration in the rebrand and revisioning the business, like realizing how much I could enjoy flowers again when it would be about designing what I wanted to design. So with those like magical customers that come into your life and kind of show you another way, that's part of how, rebrand and and revisioning of analog came to be so Hmm. kind of taking Hmm. those small subscription customers and trying to multiply that to more and then expand it to just kind of general you know people find me randomly and order online one time and you know how that's
0: (laughs) awesome uh so you have a number of people who have these recurring uh, like almost like residential floral design yeah uh subscribers
1: yeah and a few commercial subscriptions so Um, Like a skin spa and a massage studio or massage therapy office. Um, So, yeah, and those have grown since since the rebrand and since I really kind of put it out there that that's what I want to be doing more of. Um, It wasn't something I really cultivated or sought out before. And now it's something I want to be doing more of.
0: Yeah, well, I um, spent a little bit of your uh, time this again this morning on your website to sort of understand your product mix. <laughs> um, and uh, can you talk a little bit? It seems like there's sort of two options for people. One is the more the seasonal. You're not showing an arrangement. You're just showing inspiring uh, buckets of flowers just to get people's creative juices thinking. And then you're you actually have more of a gallery of finished designs that you've named and they have different aesthetics. And so in all, you've got many, like over 15 options. It seems like, um, just, I just as a yeah. quick count in my mind.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that's not enough, you know, but, um, but then on the other hand, people do generally order the designer's choice, which is, I call it best of the season. Cause I really am trying to shop seasonally and you know locally. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know if there's a real advantage to having a lot of named set designs, but they're fun to create. So, yeah, (laughs) I'd like to
0: know
2: those.
0: Well, um, the best of the season, you did talk a little bit about that during your design demo of the small, medium and large and kind of what the base choices are and what the size and price ranges are um but all of that happens in the online environment you're not necessarily on the phone with people and which you said was a bonus
1: yeah it's i know and i hate to say that's a bonus because it goes against what analog feels for me which is more personal connection and kind of dialing things into a smaller range you know Um, And the web does not feel like that. But (laughs) it's so true. It is a great, you know, the website is like a personal assistant in that it takes the orders for me when I'm a one woman show right now and it frees up my hands to be with the flowers. Hopefully, we won't hear the phone ring while we're talking right now. I forgot to turn my landline ringer off, but uh, don't—it's a customer probably. <laughs> I do get calls, and I'm happy to talk with people on the phone. It's just it—it it is more time-consuming, but it's always good yeah. to talk with people. Yeah. Well, by inherently
0: by calling those offerings best of the season, it—I it, know that seasonality has always been. Uh, hugely important to uh, your business, your old business, fluorescence, and then also now with Analog. Um, Talk a little bit about how how your awareness or your commitment to that model has changed. I'm sure that not doing uh, these gala weddings has kind of freed you up as well.
1: It really has. And I think with the onset of covid you know for so many people it was a time to just like really think well what's important to me and for me it was just like man i can't be contributing to more problems in the world and the carbon footprint of importing things from south america and new zealand and and all these places where these beautiful flowers come from is I couldn't do it anymore. So mm-hmm. I really committed to just buying locally and domestically. And for me, that includes Canada, BC, you know, British Columbia, mm-hmm. um, cause it's local.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and wholesalers in the Seattle area, um, have a ready supply of year round from British Columbia. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, I lost the trip.
0: that actually is closer in some ways than Southern California. I know. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Less we've left, <laughs> but um, there was this one image that really stuck out to me from the beginning of the, the pandemic when wholesalers were alerting people to supply line problems. And one of the wholesalers in this area had sent out this picture and it was the inside of a passenger plane and it was, full of boxes of flowers from South America. And the reason they sent the picture was like, look how hard we're working to get you your product. Um, These passenger planes are full of flowers because there are so few flights and we're just getting them to you as however we can. But just the visual of that, like you imagine a plane full of people and then in place of the people is just box after box, after box, after box of flowers. And it just, I don't know there's something about that image that was just like wow i don't need to be contributing to that many more flights in the world on a daily basis wow so that's crazy uh, are you
0: saying like mostly um flight uh, imported flowers come on cargo yeah. jets so this this one had like seats where yeah. you a human would sit oh yes. that's like crazy underneath
1: the, you know the baggage thing whatever they call that thing above your head where you put your carry-on bags It was just like almost all the way up to there with boxes that were kind of like netted in. And usually the boxes are, you know, they're in the cargo hold or however they get there. But if you have the picture, I saved it off to send it to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I do remember that um, it wasn't that long ago, maybe two years ago, when you, you sent me an email and it was sort of like, true confessions, Deborah, I'm done saying yes to brides who want white hydrangea in January or you know, like, that sort of became a metaphor. I, you might've, I'm paraphrasing, but it yeah. was something to that effect. Right. Totally. And
1: white hydrangea for me is kind of, it, it symbolizes that crutch of using for me, what was the crutch of using the South American imports? Cause it's big, it's fluffy, it's cheap. It, you know, it does a great job of making things big and puffy, but um Yeah. I just got really tired of it, and I had to kill my addiction to white hydrangeas. So that that's been fun to just reimagine how to design. And I think the way that I my eye really truly wants to see things, it's not really with white hydrangeas. So it was a good transition for me, and I've been able to yeah. kind of like step into what feels beautiful to me more.
0: Well, it's weird how all these things kind of came uh, like these parallel experiences came together at the right time when you were ready to make a change with your, the aesthetic that you wanted to design with. And then you wanted to change the type of floral design that you were doing for customers. And then of course, COVID imposed itself on all of that too. Um, that's really interesting, but you know what, and I'm going to, I'm going to share in the show notes when we post this on uh, com uh, the interview we did when you were a guest on the podcast before, because that's when I asked you about, you know, what led you to get into floral design in the first place. Um, and you had an art, you had a fine arts background, right? Yeah.
1: As so many florists do, it's really, I'm not unusual in that regard, but Yeah. 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 And so
0: when you started this road down floral entrepreneurship, it was 18 years ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I actually bought fluorescence in 2003 and, um, yeah. And just kind of stepped into the world of flowers that way, not really having had any experience other than I did work for a, a landscape company when I lived in Boston and she kind of specialized in flowering gardens. So I got to know flowers, in the context of the garden that way. But then, you know, seeing them in the context of cutting them and putting them in vases <laughs> was all new and big learning curves. So,
0: Well, you write about this a little bit on your website when you said um, that the Brie brand also was uh, claiming a name for a business that was truly you, whereas fluorescence you kind of inherited when you purchased an existing business. I never thought about that, but I guess it's sort of like, you know, getting a, a pet from the, you know, the I don't know, from a, a breeder or a humane society kind yeah. of thing where they're like, Oh, this is the dog's name. You're stuck with it, you know.
1: Right. This is peacey. And then you're like, Oh, I don't
0: want a <laughs> Actually it solved a great problem when we got our lab back when my kids were young because we're like, Hey, they already named this dog. We can't have a fight over it.
1: It was sort of easy. Right. There is that. And for me that was easy too. Like the business had a name, it had a website. There was I could just step into it. But over time, I kind of realized that it never, it didn't really feel like me. And analog floral really does feel like me. And I I can't remember, did we talk about this during the design demo, Deborah, when that part of naming it analog was kind of a reaction against all the, you know, just constantly needing to be on top of social media and everything. And I I had said to people who were working with me at the time, like I would I to just write everyone notes and, and say how much I appreciate them as customers. And it doesn't have to be all this social media conversation, which has its place and is wonderful too. Yeah. or more.
0: Yeah. You're not well, completely running away from no. it, but you're just trying to, it, well, I think that's, you did mention it and I joked that I said, well, it's also kind of a play on your first name and yeah. which <laughs> I don't know if that would, but this beautiful a and the logo is co- quite nice. Thank Um, <laughs> but I also just think the logistics of rebranding is really scary to people. And I would love to hear you share kind of the, the advice that you, you know, would like others to think about because no, there's no real playbook for this. Yeah. You had to do a lot of your own legwork and, and research to figure out how can I transition and not, not have a huge drop in revenue for example. Yeah. Well, I
1: think I tried to take, the easiest path, which was, um, like, for example, fluorescence LLC is what is registered with the state of Washington. So now analog floral is a DBA of fluorescence. And that was easier because I had pre-existing contracts with clients for, you know, through February of 2022. And I could just keep those contracts because fluorescence is still my legal entity. So, so that was one decision instead of like creating a whole new company, I just did Mm -hmm. the DBA. But Mm -hmm. like I didn't anticipate all the just little details of oh my gosh you got to change your Google listing you got to change your Yelp your and then all the places that you kind of started to appear on you know referral websites and things over the many years it's just a lot of um, kind of administrative work that I just kind of took a lot of time. And I'm yeah. done with it. So fluorescence is still out there. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because
0: I sort of run into that with with slow flowers. Like I'll see somebody's Instagram feed, they've rebranded, and I'm like, oh, we better go change their listing or their member profile on Slow Flowers because I'm sure it's way down the checklist of things that are like must do and then would be nice to do. But right. I think you emailed me and you said, hey, I'm changing, and and can you can we do this? And it. <laughs> you were, you were very attentive, <laughs> but not everybody remembers to do that.
1: Well, you know, Missy Palacol, of course, yes. a fabulous photographer. She gave me some great advice about how to change your Instagram handle. If you're rebranding, there's a, there's a sequence to the events that you kind of have to do it in for it to work out. So if anybody want, is curious, I'd be happy to to tell what Missy told me.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because um, we just sat around one day, I don't think Missy was part of the conversation. But I think I was working with Karen and Karen Thornton, our events manager and Nisha Blancas, our our social media manager when we used to have at my slow flowers on Instagram. And we're like, you know what, that's not working. Nobody knows what that means. And this was after we had like 25,000 followers, and we still didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And, and Nisha's like you can just change it to Slow Flower Society, and it was so painless. And um, <laughs> we're like, God, that only took six years to figure out. Oh, yeah. So good, good for you. And um, you know, I I think you you really invested like in new graphic design, and actually, you did build a new website, didn't you?
1: Yeah, and I decided to go with a next website, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners will know what that is. But um, it's just a template website for florists, so. I decided to just keep things easy in that way. And the graphic design, that part of it, I thought was going to be quick, but wow, I was very picky. I really didn't, I was not an easy customer. So that was really time consuming too, but hmm. and, and really gratifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see your little flower van with a new logo on the side. Yeah. And, and like that, the people in, the, in our community who shop at the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market uh parking lot we see each other's vehicles so I instantly <laughs> saw I think I might have seen that first before I even had spoken to you. Yeah. Um and then the Flora net I wasn't really familiar with that but is it is it appealing because of the e commerce component?
1: Yeah and it's Flora Next um with a oh NEXT, next okay yeah. um and it was appealing because it's just totally yeah it's set up for e commerce and I had kind of been limping along with um a WooCommerce part of my old website when I was still fluorescence. And, and I'm sure people can do that great too. But it just it was a lot more labor intensive to maintain and to change product info. And because the Flora Next template is designed for Flora, it's just very easy for me. And you know
0: Well and you're looking at what is the customer experience. If people are wanting to buy online, you have to make it completely intuitive almost like yeah. they they do the same thing when they go to every other site Yeah, and you wanted to do that. I did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, give us a sort of a snapshot of a week in the life of, uh, Ann Bradfield and analog <laughs> floral, because when I was talking about, I don't know, we had another conversation and I talked about you being daily and you're like, well, I'm daily, but I don't deliver on Tuesdays. It's like, <laughs> who's keeping score, right? <laughs> I
1: know. Oh, daily, such a difficult word. Um, a day in the life. So, I would, for a week, yeah. like you know, like how does the cycle work? The flow, well, it starts on Monday, and I'll get a standing order at the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market for the things that I'm pretty sure will come in and be ordered that week. Um, and then I bust out my hospital gift shop account flowers, which is kind of nice to have those bread and butter accounts that maybe don't represent the brand in the way that you know you really want it to, but it's it's good bread and butter. So bust those out and whatever, you know, deliveries have to be picked up that day. I do use a courier service. So I have to get everything ready by 10 a.m. for pickup.
0: Um, Oh, uh, every day.
1: Yeah. So I leave the house at six in order to to get the flowers and get everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Tuesdays, I'm typically I don't do deliveries. And then the rest of the week. Yes, we do. And if there is an event, I mean, I'm kind of wrapping up weddings, but, you know, then the, the latter half of the week is kind of taken up with prep for that. Um, it's amazing how much time you can spend here, just even if you only have a few orders in a day. The day is so full. So, yeah.
0: Right. With Well, it's 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 part of the thi- We didn't explicitly talk about this, but you said you're a one-woman show. So yeah. it, you did give up some design studio employees. Again, kind of this perfect storm with COVID and all, right?
1: Yeah. And pre-COVID, I had just given um, my main employee a promotion and she was going to take over weddings under a certain dollar amount and help with corporate event, like proposal writing and stuff. And that was really exciting because I was going to get some stuff off my plate. And then with COVID, um, you know, I had to lay her off. So, I went from at a peak having like maybe, you know, four or five employees in the busy season to just doing it all myself. And I mean, it, it's gratifying and it's exhausting. I mean, it's, I think a good time yeah. to be doing it all myself because during a rebrand, you really want to hone in on what you want the business to be and what is important. So it's a good time to be a one woman show, but you know, the flip side is it's also just, there's no one to rely on. <laughs> it's like a order. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. I was thinking about that. Like COVID took those things off your plate, not another employee, but because you did kind of put a pause on the wedding business. And, and then, but when, when you kind of, when we reemerged, you still had those yeah. bookings carry forward to 2021,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, everybody in 2020 postponed to 2021. And because I kind of knew I was going to have trouble with staffing and I probably would be looking at, you know, when one woman show, I didn't book new weddings for 2021, but every weekend has been full with, you know, the postponements. So just the do-overs. Yeah, wow. The do-overs.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned that you do have freelancers you can bring in if you need yeah. help yeah. on that level Yeah. for, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I
1: just, I was just going to say, you know, kind of get in this groove of working by yourself and thinking I can do this. Why would I want help? And then Whenever somebody's here helping, it's just so nice, you know, to <laughs> talk to someone and like, realize, yeah, you can turn things over to people. And that's good, too, not to become too, like, you know, I don't know, megalomaniacal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about 2022? Like, are you actually, uh, you mentioned some pickup weddings, are you trying to keep them under a certain size? So you're not
1: having to do the big installs that you used to do? Yeah. So I just don't really want to be out on site doing weddings. I mean, gosh, I yeah. I hate how that sounds, but I just, I'm burnt out on being on site, doing the big installations, the big hanging stuff, the, you know, just a million details and garlands for the seating charts and da, 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 So anything that can be picked up at the studio and somebody's comfortable delivering it themselves and setting it up, I'm happy to get flowers in their hands. And then I'll play corporate because that just has a different energy around it and it, it's yep. different. Yep. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's all of this is aligning with your lifestyle as well. Like this was a personal choice you made, Mm -hmm. as well as a business choice. So like you have your weekends free now.
1: Yeah, well, I will. (laughs) After (laughs) After this fall
0: craziness, right? But But that's the goal, right? Yeah,
1: I would I would like to be around more on the weekends. I mean, I have two small kids. And we were talking earlier about you know, the business for the past six years supported the family. My husband's been a stay at home dad. And it's been awesome to see that a floral design business can do that. And then that I could do that for my family. That's so impressive. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm,
0: but it's also (laughs) mentally and psychically and physically tiring too. It
1: is. And I'm just kind of now that the youngest is in first grade and we're ready to kind of share the burdens differently and, and Mm -hmm. have as much of it be on the floral plate.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. When you guys go on vacation, do you have like like a house sitter, a floral sitter who comes in and picks up your accounts for you?
1: Yeah, you know, vacation hasn't happened a whole lot in COVID, but there is a wonderful woman who I've known for a long time and she's a retired florist and she will um just come in and and take care of the the stuff that is like the you know, the hospital gift shop and kind of Yeah the regular stuff. stuff. And then I'll just turn off the web shop for, you know, everyone gets to go on vacation. And I think that's part of it too is like establishing that I am a small business and I, I am going to turn off my web shop sometimes for a week. And you know, that's just part of what this brand is. I'm not trying to be there all the time for every person.
0: Mm -hmm. I've seen other people do
1: that. And it, 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 especially when they have very,
0: um, prescribed arrangements it'll just say sold out. Oh, yeah. Uh so, you know, I don't know if you can do that on your on your items, but um yeah. you just it's just it says like not on um, like a calendar thing that just says not available until yeah, next week or whatever. Yeah, that's
1: how my website works is I I could probably mark things as sold out, but I will just set the calendar so the next available delivery date is, you know, whenever I get back.
0: Yeah, that's really smart. That's like protecting that little window of time, which I'm sure, you know, later after you get through this, this whole fall (laughs) wedding crunch, you might be able to catch your breath and hopefully take some time off. But then there's the holidays and I'm sure, you know, Thanksgiving to to the end of the year is also incredibly popular time for sending flowers. So you don't want to miss out on that business. Yeah,
1: and that's been a whole learning curve too, you know, getting into retail, it's like you have to. Learn about these holidays and things that I've been able to kind of ignore the past 18 years, like Valentine's Day. I never did that <sighs> as an event. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of don't want to do it as a because as it's such a bad time of year for flowers. And it's, yeah. you know, you get people- maybe you just turn on an orchid
0: sh- shop, you know, and just yeah. like sell pl- potted plants. <laughs> so, <laughs> really good
1: idea. I might have to think about that. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, um, uh, what else do you feel like you want to accomplish with this this change? I mean, I feel like you're not even a year into it. So you're probably have to keep evaluating every time some surprise comes along.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think right now I'm going to hang tough where I am until September 2022. And then that'll be when my lease is up. So I'll have another opportunity to kind of like think, do I want to open a retail shop? Does that, I mean... There, that is hard work, having an actual place where people can walk in and demand flowers. Um, so I don't know yep. I'm up for that. But that'll be something that I'll evaluate and just kind of try to calibrate that balance of making enough to cover your overhead and pay yourself, but not be overworked. And just kind of trying to figure yeah. out which channels will best do that for me with analog. Well, the thing that you said that made me the happiest
0: um, at the beginning of this conversation was that you, you were able to fall in love with flowers again, yeah. and I that gives me so much joy to, to, to know, um, and I'm just so curious about your aesthetic, and has your aesthetic changed with the shift to, you know giving up on imports and going foam free and Mm -hmm. you trying to be seasonal or, or is it just that you're fine tuning what you already, you always tried to express through your designs?
1: I think the latter, I mean, I think it was a sort of, you know, an inclination was always there and now I'm able to just really kind of explore it further. But I think the most gratifying thing is just being able to play with color. I mean, weddings tend to be, some people are out there doing amazing things with color and they attract clients who want that, but I'm being able to be playful with color in a way in different combinations that I wasn't able to prior. So that I really love. Yeah. I
0: we definitely will see that in that arrangement (laughs) that, or the arrangement people just (coughs) saw you design. Um, You had some really just uh, intense, vibrant colors that played really well together. And uh yeah, it must be nice to not be given so many constraints and to just have a designer's choice. And every day is different, and every design is different.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. It really, it, yeah. People florists laugh when people say, "Oh, you must love your job. You just get to play with flowers," because we know there's so much more to it than that. But there is a little part that is just playing with flowers, and that's the part <laughs> that really is a fun part. Well, I did take a. I stepped behind you, and I took a little
0: video of how you photograph your bouquet. Oh, so yeah. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try to show that at the end of this uh, interview, uh, so people can see that even though you have a tiny studio, what's your square footage? Oh,
1: 550.
0: <clears throat> okay, 550 square feet. You get a. You crank out a lot of flowers, but everything is has its place. But you have this. Um, east-facing window that uh has a beautiful backdrop of just this window screen that you pull down that's white and you shoot this naturally naturally lit um you know project product every time you something goes out the door and it's so clever and like really smart for everybody to kind of set up their spot to take photos because
1: yeah then you can't you have no excuse right you kind of have to have that designated clean zone where it's you know, you don't have to think about it every time. It's just there for you.
0: I love it. That's so cool. And thank you so much. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you want to mention before we wrap up? No, I feel like we covered everything.
1: It's so fun to talk to you always.
0: I feel the same way. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward for to uh, sharing the your design video and this conversation with our community. And I know it'll inspire people who are who feel stuck, and maybe this is a, a tip that they can follow and think about uh, in you know investigating it. A new name and a new profile for their business. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I'm happy to talk to anyone about the rebrand experience if they're curious about doing it as well. Oh, that's so
0: generous of you. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Anne. I'll see you at the at the market. I'm sure. All right.
1: Thanks, Deborah. Bye bye.
0: I forgot to mention that you can also find a link to my first podcast interview with Anne Bradfield in today's show notes. That was episode 236. I can't believe it's from 2016. Wow. You'll love learning more about Anne's Path to Flowers, and you can find the link in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. And here's my bonus conversation with Lisa. Links to her workshop are also in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. Hey everybody! Today we have a bonus interview for the Slow Flower Show with one of our fabulous sponsors and friends, Lisa Ziegler of the Gardener's
2: Workshop. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Deborah. So good to be here with you.
0: Yeah, it's great to see you. And uh, just imagine what's going on there on the East Coast. It's noon
2: already, your time. How's your? Fl- how are your flowers doing? Hey, you know it's um, they're kind of slowing down a little mm-hmm. bit, but mm-hmm. we're ready for that, and we've. We're having cool nights um, and still warm days. So we're kind of weaning people off of our product. We're still having sunflowers coming in. So we're still going at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But here we are kind of toward the
0: second half of September. And your mind is turned toward the um, first uh, big course of the fall that you're teaching. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about it. So Lisa is the creator of... A lot of online courses for the gardeners workshop, but the the signature course is the flower farming school online, the basics and you're um, getting ready to open registration and the course starts in November. So I just wanted to share a bit with everybody how they can get involved and if they haven't taken the course how they can uh, check it out.
2: Yeah, thank you, Deborah. And, you know, we are anticipating the largest registration we've ever had in our history for all four of our courses that register this fall because of the state of our industry and the demand for local flowers and helping people really find their way. So it's like we are we've been working really hard to make it as smooth as possible for everybody as they register.
0: Well, I mean, the online platform in general has also exploded in the last two years. You, luckily, you had it all figured out before COVID arrived, but um, but you're delivering coursework to people who need it when they can't travel.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's really kind of was a great fit for that. But even before COVID happened, we learned that it's just so much better Or you can learn so much um, deeper, Mm -hmm. maybe is the word, when you have a connection with an instructor. Because what's different between online and in person is when you're in person, I mean, it is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. And that still needs to be a part of our education. But you don't have access to that person after the conference. Right. Um, With our courses, we have been working and that's been our goal, working really hard because we keep our students in touch with each other and even with their instructors um, indefinitely after right. the courses. Lisa,
0: when did you start? I know you had a previous name for it, but this is the same course, your signature original course, yeah. our flower, flower farming school online. Is this like the fourth or fifth year? This
2: is the fourth year. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, And we've just, we've just been working so hard. So we've brought new team members in the game the last couple of years and Couple of them, their sole purpose and job focus is making our student experience what they want and need. You know, mm-hmm. and it's really helped us ramp up our our live coaching sessions. We have added some steps to that that have just helped this past class with Dave Dowling this um, summer of twenty twenty one was the first year we used it and the students were um, just so pleased. And so it was just so very, very helpful. So we're constantly, we've been doing it for a little while, but we're hacking away at making it better and better all the time. Well, talk about that experience, like the funnel
0: is someone comes in and registers for the school, the course, and it's right. a six, six week course. What's right. walk us through the flow and like, what will they experience? Sure. Well, you know, cause people are looking for I mean, like you said, new people are looking for how to plug into this
2: this profession. Sure. So basically what happens is these big schools that um, we offer for any several different areas of flower based businesses our six weeks is how long it takes for the courses to be delivered out. Um, and we only offer them once a year. And that is because the instructors are so in, are so active with mm-hmm. the students mm-hmm. and the instructors have to be free. These people, most of them are still farming full fledged. Um, so that's why we only offer it once a year. So you register my particular, my course is, um, October 1st through 5th, then the Farmer Florist School is later in October, and then our Greenhouse Growing course with Stephen Gretel um, is in November, as well as Ellen Frost's um, Florist School online, yep. Growing Your Business Sourcing local, locally grown flowers. Yeah. Sorry, and
0: we're, we're going to talk to her
2: uh, in next
0: month. So I mean, that is that, just so awesome. Yeah. So
2: anyway, so you all those enrollments happen. My school and Jenny Love's Farmer Florist School starts the first of November, and it runs for six weeks. And the other two courses start in January. And what happens is each week, once school starts, you log into your online library and. Lo and behold, there's a whole nother group of sessions of videos. Um, and then you have, um, they're yours forever, but we really highly recommend that you look at them because at the end of that week, you get a live Q&A session with your instructor. Um, and then we offer you also an optional Facebook group, which we call our alumni groups. That is after school. Everybody is put in there, All not all, Many of our previous students are in there. And I just can't even tell you, Deborah. well, you know about community online. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. through Slow Flowers, the community and the support. I said this to somebody the other day. It's like when you're a member of that alumni group and you face a challenge or a problem, it's like a bunch of little ants run over and hold you up and carry you to where you need to go. That's exactly what we see happening over and over again. Because I find that it's really different being a member of a group of people that also want to become professionals that have got the same amount of skin in the game as you, you know, they've invested in continuing education. And it's just very, very different. And of course, our instructors swim around in there too and um, answer questions as well.
0: Well, it's peer-to-peer, which is um, so awesome. And and don't you find that having been a flower farmer for so long yourself, pre-technology, that's, would happen in different ways but people would visit each other's farms or you know right. help each other with all kinds of sort of back to the barn raising idea you know just all many
2: hands make light work and this is more the virtual version of that it's true you know when we used to go to conferences and we didn't have cell phones in our pockets i mean you felt like you couldn't even sleep while you were there at the conference because you wanted to talk to this person that person and that person and i mean the tip of the year that I, two tips of the year that I got at conferences was growing sunflowers every week. And that Lizzie anthus is a cool season, hardy annual. And I learned those by in a hallway at a hotel Mm -hmm. and snooping around at somebody's farm. They said, sure, go look around. And I discovered that. And it's like, we're able to do that now um, through social media, um, closed platforms and gathering together, you know, it's awesome. That's great. Well, uh, this, uh, we're giving people a little
0: heads up because your registration opens October 1st through 5th. Yes. Um, what, why do you have it such a con- con, you know, con- condensed period of time? Are you just trying to keep everybody on schedule or
2: uh, you sure. know, what are, what's that all yeah. about? So, I mean, we have tons of prepor- you know, preparation to do once we get to see what our enrollment is. Um, and so we used to have longer enrollments, but you know what? You know what happens? People enroll at first and at the end and in the middle, everybody's thinking, oh, I'll do that later. Yeah, so they wait till the last minute. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just allows us to prepare more for getting ready for our students and to get our everything lined up because there is tons of things that have to be done once we have that that student body list, right? Um, And so it's the first through the fifth, um, and you can find all the information. And I highly recommend that folks go to my course or whoever's course you're interested in, or all of them, Mm -hmm. and sign up to be on the wait list. Because what that does is, first off, you'll get You know, email saying, hey, registration is open. And secondly, we send out lots of our best resources to those students, to people that are on our list considering it in our courses. Yeah. Um, And you want to get all the best stuff and that way you automatically get it and you don't have to be like chasing it around.
0: Well, um, I'm I think I've been on all your waiting lists and you do send out some, some really good freebies just to kind of yes. help people understand what they could be experiencing um, when they yes. really dive in. Yes. So what is the price of the
2: course, Lisa? And um, sure. yeah. So the course is $595. Um, we do offer a payment plan and you can find all those details over on um, the website and, you know, we just feel like, you know, friends, that is a BB in the Astrodome to the if once you take the course and apply those lessons um, to your business. I mean, you will recoup your investment by a long shot. And, you know, the thing that perhaps people, a lot of people that haven't really done online courses before don't understand is when you buy an online course, it's yours forever. It's just Mm -hmm. like buying a book. You just log into your library instead of picking up a book, right? Well, you'll listen. I mean, our courses are so packed with information. I mean, we are all about that practical hands-on step-by-step stuff. You will be so overwhelmed when you initially (laughs) take the course that you're only going to hear those things that will apply to you right now. Sure. What our students find is by going back and reviewing the courses you know, twice a year, you know, like maybe again, you know, midsummer when it's too hot to work outside. It's like, oh my gosh, I've totally forgot that that whole where I am now that I've built my business and I'm up and running. Now I've got this problem and there it is in the course. We find that um, that's another thing, the alumni groups, it's yeah. just really, really funny. Somebody will post a question and another student will chime in and say, well, you know, they talked about that in class four session two, um, you know, if that yeah. answers your question. And, yeah.
0: and people, people learn in different ways. So sometimes yes.
2: repetition
0: is when it finally like sinks in and you're like, oh, yeah, now I get it
2: now I know what she's talking about. So yeah, so I love it. it's just an awesome way. And we are really, um, our pool of instructors are all people that have built sustainable, profitable, long-term flower businesses. Yeah. Um, whether it's flower farming or farmer florist or whatever, um, that's kind of what we are sharing and it's just, it's just top notch.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think that's sort of your brand and that is to have, um, you know, people who are in, in the sort of down and dirty in the field, doing in the field or the studio, doing the work that they're also teaching, and then the, the support and the community. So um, we're, we're really happy to partner with you to get the word out about this. And um if you go, and I'll have all the links uh, to go sign up for the waiting list, first of all, okay. and to kind of check out the whole catalog of workshops, because in addition to your, um your, once a year workshops, you have some on-demand workshops that yes. you keep adding to that people can uh, watch or sign up for and purchase, you know, any time of the year. So that's worth checking out too.
2: Yeah. And you know, Deborah, the one thing that I want people to really hear loud and clear is that there is room in the cut flower industry for new Growers, new farmer florists, new florists that want to dive in to bring in locally sourced products in um, because people, I often hear this, aren't there too many flower farmers? Friends, as long as we are importing um, billions of dollars of flowers a year in There's plenty of room, but the difference that sets us apart is we have to become professionals. We have to make it convenient for our commercial customers to buy from us, which is not the case in most people's situations. Um, And so I just want people to understand there is plenty of room. And I tell you, I heard this the other day that particularly in the farmer florist industry right now, the florist are exhausted after the last two years of rescheduling, yep, trouble yep. getting product. It is prime time for people to get in and get their feet wet. And um, That's a I just really think it's true in all of our industries, but um, I just want to encourage people to that, go for
0: it. That is such a great uh, kind of reminder and you know, kind of a positive, encouraging word to hear from you. I couldn't agree more. And I know that people can... Uh, You know, find you on social media. You have lots of free content that you share all the time across Facebook lives and Instagram lives and. Probably TikTok, I'm not sure. Um, are you doing TikTok
2: yet, Lisa? <laughs> I've done a couple, but I'm not over there. I'm trying to get my YouTube uniformity down first before I dive into TikTok.
0: Okay, well, we'll share all those links for people who ha- who don't know Lisa. I can't imagine who doesn't know you. And, um, you know, this is the time. And I think you're absolutely right. There's, this is the time to invest in yourself and professionalize your business and learn from a pro like Lisa Ziegler and her team of other instructors. So um, I hope you have a great registration and I look forward to seeing what happens once uh, the course starts in November. I know a lot of people will be so just the perfect timing and so ready to dive in and, and get ready for next season.
2: Yeah, and we just need to remember that the rise and tide lifts all boats. That's you know, right. that's Don't be afraid of competition. Embrace it and lift each other up. That's what's built me where I am, literally. That's great, Lisa. Thanks so much. Thank you, Deborah.
0: Our next sponsor thanks goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers' Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers' Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top-quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Well, we're almost to October, which I can't believe, and I want to give you a heads up. October is when we kick off our 2021 Slow Flowers Member Appreciation Month. Every day during October, we'll be thanking you, our members, and highlighting their stories. Yep, 31 days of Slow Flowers, and we promise lots of surprises, perks, and fun conversations with our community. Keep an eye out for our Slow Flowers Society newsletter, which drops on October 1st, and watch our social media channels beginning this Friday, October 1st, when, when and where we'll share the full schedule of daily events happening all month long. Stay tuned. A final thank you goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at Longfield Gardens. That's longfield Thank you so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 770,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much as our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, though momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and I invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the Donate button in the column to the right at deboraprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers show and podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. You can learn more about Andrew's work at soundbodymovement.com.